0: Is this the Krusty Crab? No, this is part. Rock lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Crab? No, this is part. Rock lunch
1: Box. Is this the Krusty Crab?
0: No! This is part! Rock lunch box. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not a Christy
2: Crab. Ah, uh, what is up everybody? How's everybody doing? Welcome to Hard Rock Lunchbox, or as I like to call it, COVID Central. Yeah. I don't know where we left off last week, but I do <coughs> excuse me, I do know that I was sick. Uh, I have since uh, tested positive for the cocoa. Alright, yeah, go me. got to tell you, it is is—it uh, is not all it's cracked up to be. I, I don't know that anybody's heard anything good about getting COVID, but I am here to confirm once and for all that there is no good that has come out of it. So rest your pretty little heads. If you thought this was something fun and cool to get, it is not. I will say it is a little bit different than I kind of expected, I guess, for lack of a better word. Like... I also don't really know what's going on. Like, so, um, so my daughter had tested positive last month, uh, for both COVID and the flu. Uh, because anything worth doing is worth doing right. Yeah. Right. Um, so when I was sick last week, Uh, You'll remember. You'll remember last week on the Hard Rock Lunchbox. I was sick. I have proof of it, actually, because it's the top 20 uh, this week. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, So when when I was sick, like I was sick. Okay. So most people listening to me have lived enough years to kind of understand maybe this sentiment. I was like, I was feeling so badly overnight one night that like... I just knew. You know when you just know you're going to be sick in the morning kind of thing? Like, that was exactly what went down. And I was sick in the morning, and I had, like, aches uh, and sniffles. And, yeah, my age, you can still get the sniffles. It's a medical thing. I don't think they call it that. If I say sniffles... If I say sniff, you say how hard... But we're not doing that. <laughs> just, like, fair warning for everybody. Like, as, as foggy as I was last week, that shit has not lifted. Like, I am still, like, yeah, my, the visibility might be good outside, but it is foggy in here. So, um... Something. Root beer? I don't know. Um, so anyway, so I just knew I was gonna be sick. I had the sniffles, I had a cough, uh, just kinda achy and sweaty, and I was like, I was gonna be sick. So, um... You know, I, just, I took COVID tests and came up super negative. Not even regular negative, just super negative because I'm just that awesome. Uh, and so I went about my business uh, basically thinking I had the flu. So I isolated because I'm not an asshole. So, uh, I mean, I didn't isolate from my family because I guess I'm a little bit of an asshole. But um, I didn't do that on purpose. I was wearing a mask for a little bit, and I was just, like, trying to stay away from everybody as much as possible. Uh, and it works out. I spend a lot of time alone, so, you know, I... I've been isolating since, you know, 1997, basically, so I, I was in pretty good shape, but I thought I just had the flu, so I was taking all my uh, natural stuff for that, all the supplements I normally take to, to send that off, and I just, I never really developed into, like, that really bad, bad flu, like, I I just, like, I just, I as for as often as I don't feel well most days, like you hear me complain about it like almost on a weekly basis, most of my stuff is weight related and fatigue related, right? And and exhaustion. Like I, well, I guess fatigue and exhaustion definitely be lumped in the same category. But I'm very rarely like clinically sick. There's very rarely something wrong with that, wrong, wrong with me in that respect. In fact, more often than not, if I'm going to get something, it's going to be food related, right? Like I've 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 hit a couple of bouts of food poisoning. Like the last time. The very last time I had sushi, I had such bad food poisoning. Like that was the that was the week that was Easter weekend. I think last year, and I was so sick. I was knocked on my ass enough to watch eleven episodes of Supernatural, which is a show I had never actually watched. It also has taken me about a year and a half to watch another eleven episodes of that show. That's how much it really just kind of played me out. I also do recommend it. I'm still. I think I'm in season three or just starting season three. I see. I still like the show, I don't know. It is funny to watch them, like, talk about new technology, like faxing cell phones and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, something. So I don't usually get all that sick, but, like, oh, right, so, like, I felt like I was able to keep a lot of it at bay, um, symptom-wise, like, like, the traditional sick, uh, symptoms, but, um... Charlotte and I decided to retest on Friday, I think. uh, Friday or Saturday. And she's negative. Uh, My entire family is negative. Thank you. Uh, And I uh, tested positive. I tested positive that on the test, like, I was positive in seconds. You know, it was like, do you know, do you know, do you remember in Harry Potter when they put the hat on Draco and it didn't even get on him and it was like Slytherin? Like, that's the positive test I got. And it was, <laughs> excuse me, it was hard to kind of discern the differences, right? Because there's so many similarities between the flu and COVID, because they're almost the same animal, like the same delivery thing. But, um, the one really, the one really common element of uh, COVID that, like, yeah, totally makes sense, is this unbelievable level of fatigue. Uh, I was actually on the phone with Jake from, uh, not State Farm, unfortunately. Although no, fortunately, I'd rather be on the phone with Jake from Fall of the House, <clears throat> Fall of the House Productions, uh, and approaching Troy and uh, Roderick and that that Jake, the Jake that actually filmed our uh, "Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap" video, which I think is going to, I think we're going to release that after this batch of shows. Um, I think we've, I think we we're we're going to max out on promotion with three shows in like a two week period. Uh, so we're just promoting the hell out of all three of those. I don't think there's room actually to have uh, some some of the videos, so I think it's going to be that. But that Jake was talking to him because we we're working out the deal to get his company to basically document um, the Raisably Diaries live show on June 25th. Uh, so that's going to be a big part of it. Uh, we as 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 much as I thought we were going all out before to record like a live record in like a nice uh, controlled environment and have like kind of like a private industry party which is by the way if you ever want to know what like an industry party kind of looks like this is kind of what it' look like we're just having like basically a showcase and we're just recording uh, the f out of it but it is getting more and more um, pro level as my band is. They're not necessarily insisting, but they're kind of like stepping up, like, yeah, we gotta, we wanna do this, we wanna do this, we wanna do this. It's actually like, it was a little confusing to me because I was so sick, uh, and just sick, like fuzzy, like again, like just not processing anything at all, that I wasn't even sure I was dealing with the same band. Like, that's how. I think. <laughs> You know, this is the band that was capping me at like, you know, a very low budget to record the last record, and then all of a sudden it's like, we should get like thirty-seven cameramen for this one. It's like did somebody win the lottery or something? Like I don't even know what happened. Anyway. I was talking to him yesterday and they the hallmark or the cornerstone of my current sickness is actually they can describe it this way. As long as I'm not doing anything physically exerting at all at all. Like sitting there working. Uh, you know, t- t- having a simple conversation where I'm sitting and not pacing. By the way, I do not talk on the phone all that often, except for work. I'm on the phone for work a lot, uh, although I've been able to kind of negotiate that out of my existence a lot. Uh, I tend to pace a lot when I when I talk on the phone for extended periods of time. So as long as I'm not doing that, as long as I'm sitting and like basically chilling, and this is actually why I figured I could do this show today, because as long as I'm doing that, all I really am is short of breath. Um, You'll probably hear it. I'm already starting to have a little trouble uh, maintaining uh, my oxygen level. But the thing of it is, like, the, the moment I start doing anything, like, trying to go upstairs... Like, if I walk upstairs right now, like, I will have to hold on to something by the time I get up there because I'll pass out. Like, so I don't have that. And it's not really a lung capacity issue. It definitely feels like the channeling of oxygen through the rest of my system kind of thing. But, like... I am so goddamn fatigued. I have not felt like this in probably like five, six, seven years. Like, I just, I have no energy to do anything. And it's starting to make sense to me when people tell me, like, you know, COVID just kicked their ass and wiped them out and they couldn't get out of bed. Like, I get that. Like, I I get that. I am not somebody that can, like, not get out of bed. Like, I have to be so, so sick. And that really was the story with, like, the food poisoning. I mean, the food poisoning basically, like, pulled me from inside out and just shook me around and then, like, tried to put me back together. Like, that's how bad the food poisoning was. But also, I didn't sleep for, like, two days. Like, like that's that's how bad that was. And that's something that can lay me out, too, but, like... So what I'm dealing with now, aside from you can hear the labored breathing, which is only exacerbated by the COVID because of my current weight. It's been so bad lately that I just keep trying and trying and trying to do new things. And as I've been sort of describing it, what's happening is every single step forward I'm trying to take, uh, I just I get somehow like it, it seems like I get at least two steps back or at, least, or at least two steps in a sideways direction. And I know I was talking a couple weeks ago about like energy and how like, sometimes I'm capable of just drawing in so much negativity because my negative energy can be really strong. Now, if I could figure out how to use that for good and be positive and stuff like that, like that'd be, that'd be awesome, right? That'd be like the bulk of the rest of my family. They're able to do that, but I'm, I'm currently not because I just haven't figured out how to switch, switch it over to good. But I do believe that that sort of thing exists and, you know, energy magnet, energy magnetization is definitely a real thing. So, I'm not sure what's causing what or what, you know, why things are happening exactly the way they are. What what I do know is that I was really like kind of bracing to really start a very, very um, active or heavy or regimented sort of cardio thing because I was trying to combat, combat this breath issue. And then literally the week I decided to do that, like I was starting on the stairs and I, I had gotten back to the gym and I did Stairmasters and stuff like that just just I had a plan like this is going to suck but I want to do this before the show literally that same week I, I picked up all this and now I just I can't even like it's literally like hey man I want to just like start you know moving around a little bit more so I can get my breath back and the universe is like that's the wrong path man I've been trying to tell you so this is that and I don't know what that means I don't know how to read into that there I cannot think of any possible advantage for the universe for me getting heavier <laughs> and, and having more trouble breathing just, I can't think of one. It's hard for me to wrap my head around that, and I feel like I've just rambled on and on and on and on. Uh, I will tell you a little housekeeping. Now that we're 15 minutes into this stupid show, um, the new top 20 is out. I thought this was actually a really good one because I was talking about Switzerland and um, Switzerland and the way they handle gun control, and it's not really necessarily, not really necessarily gun control. Per se, it's just kind of their culture around guns because of the way they run their military and the way they run their police, and the, it's, it's about training and awareness. And um, one of the things I'll probably bring up today is something called red red flag laws. I don't know if that it's starting to make a lot of noise because Republicans are super against it, even though it's primarily like exists in Republican states like Florida, like so. Uh, Florida that I actually found out has the nickname the Gunshine State Like, which I thought was like real classy given what's going on. Especially after that massacre you guys managed to have not too long ago. But anyway, so the other stuff on the show is blah 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 blah. Swiss gun control. Also on the show. Oh, um why Trump isn't actually the problem and uh why maybe learning to shoot could help and uh I'm also quite tired of bands that do a lot of talking but don't seem to follow through and uh i don't recall because i was a little uh again fuzzy i'm not sure if i name dropped any of those but i'm definitely pissed at a few bands for doing that exact thing to me and i'm just kind of tired of it and annoyed by it but uh in other uh news uh bacon is my podcast the boys are back from arlington they're back from the So What Festival. Um, I don't... I haven't... I mean, I've spoken to them since they've been back to make sure that they were, like, alive and stuff like that. That's cool. But I don't know what their plans are. I know they interviewed pretty much every single person in all of Texas and every single band that played at So What Fest. So I don't know if that means, like, tri- triple bacon coming up or if they're going to Patreon the F out of it. I don't really know what their plans are. I do know that basically if a band played So What they probably got interviewed by Bacon of my podcast, and maybe even had some hot sauce. I know Felicity was big into the hot sauce uh, tasting. I did manage to see that one, uh, and like a lot of other stuff. But I'll let them announce whenever they announce, and then I'll just uh, report it here. Uh, this week, uh, they've got the full interview with uh, Rachel uh, Sterling's comedian. They've also got the full interview with Dylan from Dino Skate Park. Uh, they believe I believe they have a new record coming out. I know for a fact that there's a release party. Is coming up soon. Um, we are not playing that, so. Uh, but I do know for a fact that that's happening. Also, they have seven questions with the dude from Hands Like Houses, uh, which I su- I think that's out last night, and I think it's interesting. It probably isn't covered in the seven questions, but I know I personally wanted to know like what these allegations are against the band that got them dropped from their label. I haven't followed up much on that, but I did hear that, and if it bubbles up and makes its way to me, it's probably big news because. I don't hear about a lot of things <laughs> unless say, kind of really a lot of people are talking about it. Much like the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial, I still know almost nothing about it other than he basically won the trial, but also she won a little bit of the trial, but I don't know. I really don't know. There's always good stuff on Strangerhood TV. Uh, Frank and Monty have a new thing, I guess. I don't know. I haven't seen it before. It's called Stump Frank. I didn't see it, uh, so I can't say what it is. But it's there. It's definitely up there. Uh, I will give it a look as soon as I kind of like start catching up on stuff that I could watch. Uh, uh, you would think if I was this sick, I would actually be able to. <coughs> excuse me, watch a little bit more stuff like that. But the reality is, I am still working. I'm I'm working at a very slow level because most of my work I can do by sitting there and just kind of like typing what's happening mainly is my head is not very good at projects right now so i'm doing a lot of administrative work and it's a lot of bullshit work that i haven't wanted to do for like most of the year but it's getting done and you know people i work for are happy that that's getting done so that that's cool Uh, Obviously, in uh, upcoming Rebel 9 show news, the Razorblade Diaries live. Tickets are available now. I want to thank everybody that's bought tickets for it so far. Uh, They are limited. I know a lot of people are kind of waiting for, like, credit card cycles and stuff. I understand that it's expensive because it's $45 a ticket, but I really do want to stress the fact that it really is kind of, like, all-inclusive. Like, it's not exactly like sandals in Jamaica, but we are trying to do the best we can with it. Like, we'll be giving away like CDs of uh, the Razorway Diaries for everyone that doesn't have one I mean I assume the band will be around to sign something uh, you know we're, we're getting we're getting some food from like Costco and stuff like we can get a lot of snack bags so it's gonna be like you know everyone's gonna get their own like their own chips and you know cheez its and pretzels I don't even know what's in there honestly anymore but I know that I want to have everybody like have like their own bags instead of like a, just a big hand, a bowl of like chips and stuff because you know, there is still some sickness going on and all that other stuff. Um, and then, of course, we're going to start polling everybody for, like, what kind of beverages they want. We're just going to have, like, beer and, uh, you know, hard seltzers and stuff like that. And we're just going to load up on that. So, like, basically everybody can just pay the one price for the night, be in there, hang out, and not have to worry about anything else. I think, on average, it'll probably end up being a cheaper night for most of us. I know for my band, it would certainly be cheaper. <laughs> you know, especially if you were looking at, like, a $15 ticket or and then don't forget, we're throwing in Sam Pollitt for free. So if you're a big fan of Sam, just consider that a big free gift to you as well. Um, and then uh, the two weeks later, actually, we're playing both the Friday and Saturday night on opposite sides of Long Island. We're going to be in 89 North. That's going to be the Big Craving Strange show. We're going to be supporting for them, along with Mickey Licks and our own Giovanna, who is normally in the chat. And will probably be very excited that I said her name, but that's too bad. That's what happens when you miss the show. There's nothing I can do about it. And the very next day, we're going to be at Queen's Rock Fest. That's in Forest Hills Park. We're going to be playing there with Reality Suite and Or and a couple other things. That's a big, giant, free outdoor show, and that's going to be fun. And that, I think, is going to be it for a little while. We have not been asked to do any of the other like CD release shows that are coming up, uh, so it doesn't look like we're doing any, any of those. Um... There was talk about doing something else, kind of, maybe Jersey in the summer, and that might still happen and stuff like that, but we don't really have much. Uh, I'll talk to Jimmy and see what the boys are doing towards the fall. Maybe we'll set something up, because I always like playing with them. Uh, But then we are kind of off till October, the end of October, and we'll be back in Pennsylvania. I am trying to get something in Philly over the summer, too, but I honestly don't know about what's going to happen, so... Uh, not to, I feel like I said it once before. Oh, when we did the other Patchwork show, I said it was going to be it for a while, and that was true. Uh, this is that while. So it's basically a month away, and then I don't have anything booked on Long Island at all. So that would be a good time to see us, Especially the Diaries thing, because I think that's going, that's, that's seemingly shaping up to be cooler and cooler as just an event, as like a, like a party. Like a big network house party. And I think it's going to be cool to be a part of. So hopefully as many of you as possible can be part of that. You know, a bunch of people are traveling and they're, uh, you know, already saying, like, I've been asked, like, a half dozen times if I can move it, and I I cannot. It's when the band's available. It's when the room's available. Like, it's really, there's a lot of moving parts. It's not just simply, like, just just doing a show. There is a lot going on, especially now that we've added this documentary aspect to it. I cannot believe I've spent basically the entire top 20 talking about things not on the top 20. I did want to talk about the red flag laws. I wanted to talk about this Katha Pollitt article from the the nation about like the six things we can do in a post-rote world. So I have some very definite thoughts about that, but I think I'm going to have to uh, put that off until next week because it definitely warrants a, a real conversation and I am... Fading fast, my friends. (laughs) I'm going to do the best I can on this particular show. Uh, It is Donna's birthday, and and Donna is in the chat. And uh, happy birthday to you, Donna! She has asked. uh, She sent me a request for a a few songs, at least, to play that she wants to hear. And I feel like that's the very least we could do. I was actually surprised at some of the choices on there, so I might just go with some of them. Uh, One of them made me laugh like a whole lot that I had never heard before. And we'll get to that sooner than later. But uh, right now, let's start the box off with a little. uh, a little a day to remember like a day to remember like back when i wasn't sick like that's a good day to remember hard
0: rock lunch box Destroys me confusion, delusion, Lights out, you a mess.
2: Man, I definitely... Met, I did this podcast with Pablo from Shredo, Um, Working Man's podcast. I did it for a few weeks. I really had a good time doing it. I really enjoyed doing it. Uh, I just... I could not fit the time because I physically had to go there. It was pre-COVID. I physically had to go there and do it. I wonder if we could redo it kind of like in the post-COVID world. I mean, I could definitely do like another half hour a day. Well, not right now, but like... Uh, like I could definitely do another half hour a week kind of podcast... That would be that would be a lot of fun. But uh, I'll reach out to Pablo as soon as I have some time clearing up. Oh shit, I've got so much I gotta do. <laughs> I've I've prepped some of the demos for the new record or the new recordings. Uh, and I just I gotta get moving on those men. I'm just I'm so behind on everything, it's ridiculous. Yay. Sorry. That conversation was more for me than for you. <laughs> All right, so uh, here's one of Donna's requests for her birthday. It's Dropkick Murphys. Now, I have never heard this song before, and I was playing it uh, just a little while ago uh, to grab it, and I was laughing so goddamn hard at it, like, because I, I I, don't know. I, I enjoy so much just, like, funny songs and stuff like that, but, like, I could just never get around to, like, writing something like that. Like, I just I feel like it's kind of out of my uh out of my wheelhouse and stuff like that, but it doesn't mean I don't appreciate them. So, if you've never heard the Dropkick Murphys before, like, that's its own thing. But if you've never heard this song, well, you are definitely not alone, but I will take care of that for you right now. Be prepared and hold on to your goddamn pudding. That's all I gotta say. Hard rock lunch box. So, the thing I like the most, I think, about songs like uh, the Dropkick Murphys there. And I realize that it's probably based on a true story, and that totally tracks and makes sense. Because I feel like that would be something we could all get behind. But for me, like anytime I hear a song like that, um, I've always wondered what the pitch is in the band room when, like, they're going to write a song like that. Like, I don't know. Like, I hey man, because I I'll write songs, and the band. The band rarely asks me about what songs are about. And and that's cool. Like, because, you know, they, they do tend to morph over time as well, like, right, as they mean other things to to other experiences, right? Like, but there's always that nugget, like, where it comes from. It's usually, like, a mood or an emotion or, or setting or something like that. Um, but, like, I'm pretty sure, like, really sure that if I... Came in with a song, and I was like, "Oh, let's start working on it." And like, I'll because what I'll what we'll do is work on like the music, or I'll send them a demo. Like, it's not uncommon for me to send them a, like a done demo. Like, I just did that. Like, we have this new song. I'm actually hoping to have it ready. I'm ho- i hoping we get to play it because, you know, like I said, like I don't really have anything like on the books, and I I want to include this new one in the batch that we're considering for recording uh, later in the fall. Um. But I just, you know, it was basically a done demo, and I sent it to the band. It really wasn't until like a few weeks into it that I think my drummer was like, you know, what's that song about? And actually, it turns out it, it's about um, just kind of like, um, sort of like a massacre to school. Like, oops, oh, sorry. <laughs> like, uh, and it was. I did write it before all this, and it's not. I just used it mainly as a metaphor. It's not something that happened to me. It's not something that I did. It's not something that I advocate. It's more about the you know, kind of, like, redemption, and um, kind of, like, uh, you know, when the chickens come home to roost, like, reaping what you sow, and stuff like that. Like, be careful with people. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of bad out there, and people are making it worse, and bad people are making it worse, and bad people are doing bad things to good people, and that's kind of what that song is about. But anyway, uh, so I'm always fascinated with, like, uh, like did they just start working on the music and then they were like <laughs> this is called <coughs> sorry this is uh... are you saying like uh, Mick Jones Nick my pudding is like is that what you're saying and then the singer has to be like yeah man that's what I'm saying remember that time Mick Jones like totally st- stole my pudding and for me it just immediately makes me think of this uh, this this piece of Revel 9 lore almost like legend at this point uh, when we were down, we were down at the Liberty Music Festival. I don't even I couldn't even tell you what year. I feel like we were still at the Dobbs, but I'm not sure. Um, and we were playing with which band I don't remember. One of the city bands from New York City. The Blackfires, maybe? It might have been the Blackfires. We were just kinda of hanging with them. I think we were playing like right after them, so we we're just sort of in the same sort of area. And like half the band's British. Um, like off the boat British. Um like accents and everything. And one of them, I believe the guitar player. Now, see, I don't know this for sure. That's the thing. And that's what makes it absolutely so funny. So apparently like my drummer who is half British was hanging out with him and they were like doing whatever and the Black was, like getting up on stage and the 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 guitar player said to noodle like, "Hey man, hey mate, would you mind would you mind fetching my jacket?" And which doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know why anybody would need that and why you would ask a stranger to get your jacket. But he said fetch, which is, like, completely, I think, fine if you're, like, in London. But I think there's some connotation to it if you're from New York and you've been drinking, say, since 11 o'clock in the afternoon or morning and somebody tells you, as opposed to asks you, to fetch their jacket for them. And There's, like, this whole thing. If you actually want the whole story, like track me down on a show i'll do my noodle impression i just i can't do it i just can't do it justice like it's, he's just he was super offended so if i came into the band uh rehearsal next week and was like hey man i've got this great song it's called hey noodle come fetch my jacket i think they'd be down for it but i don't know for sure and i'd just love to have that kind of conversation and maybe it's our huge hit song that we've been waiting for this whole time and you know who knows Maybe Keep You Near is not the song that people will remember us by. But Fetch My Jacket, yeah, could be. Could be. As I was leaving rehearsal, uh, the last time I left rehearsal, which feels like months ago now, I had a song stuck in my head, and then for the life of me, I could not remember what it was, but I could sing it, uh, and I didn't feel, I didn't think to Shazam it but I was singing it in my head like rah, 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 you know like kind of doing all that and then uh, sometime later in the week I just woke up, up woke up with it in my head. The band is called Eleven and they actually have a real kind of interesting story with Maverick and Candlebox uh, and I'll just tell you some other time but like for right now this was like a really really great song with a really cool Zeppelin sort of riff. I couldn't even tell you how long ago it was but it was a very long time ago and I was surprised. I don't know why I'm surprised anymore that it still exists out there. The video was shit, <laughs> but I was able to grab it off of Spotify, you can check it out right now. So it's called Reach Out on the Box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. So I feel like I need more information on this emerging queue parking situation. Now that the Johnny Depp trial is over, obviously we're going to need something scandalous and salacious to fill our time here on the box. Uh, now... What I'm going to do is I'm going to take what little I know about the situation and then just talk for a long time about it, as if I know something, because that seems to be what works best around here. Now, it appears that, uh, oh wait, no, Q is raising a much more important point, sandwich or pizza. I think you got to go with pizza, right? Like, just even if it's in the choice. It's like, well, wait, hold on. Is the sandwich a cheesesteak? Like, what are, we, what are we even talking about? Yes. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So, right, so so Q has a situation with what I guess is a neighbor, because uh, it'd be weird if it wasn't. So, apparently Q is like parking in their spot, but there aren't assigned spots because Q is also not in kindergarten. So, it's. So, it got me thinking, like, who the hell would like just say that's my spot? And then I realized, like, I do that. I do that all the time, but I do that, like, my driveway is my spot. Like, it's my spot, is my spot, right? Like, then I have space for the two boys. Uh, oh, it's at work. Oh, okay. Now we're making a lot more sense. But I have space for the two boys in front of my house, and I consider that to be their spots. Uh, when Whitney comes by, she's got another spotlight kind of across, but she knows not to park directly in front of the driveway because I have trouble backing the van out. So we have a whole situation. And whenever we have a stranger come violate that situation, like some 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 person, I'm quoting, it really messes things up. It's actually taken me a really long time to kind of get over that. Like, my neighbors actually have people over from time to time, and sometimes they even park in front of my house. It took a while. It took a while, but I'm kind of cool with it. I understand it. I do. I don't park in front of their house and that's okay because that just makes me a better person. But I do realize that anytime I go out those rare occasions that I go to somebody else's house I often park in front of somebody else's house so I've learned to let go of that sort of thing. So I just, I would like to follow up on this more. Uh, So if it's not assigned at work like, I don't understand. Like, I feel like. I feel like that's worth $6 in white spray paint to go put a giant Q in that spot. <laughs> or I could just do Hard Rock Lunchbox Employee of the Month parking only. And since Q is the only Hard Rock Lunch... Although Q's co worker does approve this show often. So maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe Q wouldn't even get the Hard Rock Bunchbox. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying no. I'm just saying that maybe. That feels like I've wasted enough time on that. <laughs> As always, join the conversation on 99 WNRR, and we will solve this and every other problem you have or none. None of the problems you have uh, within the two-hour window that we do the Hard Rock Lunchbox. I have a new song from an old band. The band is called Big Wreck. The dude Ian actually used to work with my old drummer Mike when they used to paint houses and stuff like that. So I've actually known Ian, not personally, but... uh through channels for a long time. Big Rack hit it really big when they um, released a song called The Oaf, uh, and that same album had a song called Blown Wide Open, which would end up being one of their biggest songs ever. He's got a very Chris Cornell kind of voice. He was always a very cool dude, uh, by all reports, and I'm glad to see that he's still out there doing good stuff. I heard this song, and I just it just brought me right back to the very first time. I mean, like, I don't know that they've evolved all that much, uh, you know, as as big rec writers, but, like, he's got a style, and I dig it, and God damn it, it's good to hear it. It's called Spin It Out, brand new on the box. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. You see, if you don't press the right button, you're going to look stupid in your own radio show. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I was actually just addressing the fact that uh, one of the things that's actually come up about the Razorblade Diaries Live, which is the show that's coming on uh, June 25th uh, right here on Long Island, and tickets are available now at Rebel9.com. I think revel 9com slash tickets will get you there. Uh, it'll just lead you over to the dash Razorblade. Dash Diaries Dash Live page, which is incredibly difficult. So I think I, I forwarded tickets should go right over there. Uh, actually, let me just check right now. Tickets, tickets, tickets. Yeah, tickets is the is the landing page. You can just get there, and then you click on over, and then you'll get to the actual ticket page, and you can just buy them all right there. We're all doing it all internal to our website, and the the main reason we're doing this is. The, our website allows us to sell online tickets like that and they actually send a really nice receipt so anybody that's bought them should have gotten a receipt which is great for confirmation also we get a solid printout of the actual list so when you get to the you know door like we're going to have somebody there that actually has a list of everybody that can kind of come in uh, we had actually talked about like not even a letting people buy tickets at the door so that we could do this responsibly because we are providing you know food and drinks and stuff but I think I'm just going to bank on uh, I think I'm just going to bank on 45 45- people and then i'm just going to get that and whoever shows up shows up and if we do sell some at the door like it's hard for me to tell like i can't i know how many people buy day of show especially for rebel nine shows uh because it's like well if absolutely nothing else is going on then i'll totally do this and you know that we get a lot of that market you know we don't get like oh cool we're gonna like rent a hotel room and gonna stay out there and all that stuff we do have our advanced fans and thank you guys so much for being that because that's awesome and like like, make no mistake. Like, we know, we know who our true, like, totally true, devoted fans are. Like, we really do. And and I couldn't even appreciate. It. I couldn't even explain how much we appreciate that enough. And that's just, that's just that. Uh, but listen, uh, right after this next block, uh, we're gonna talk about the order of the songs because there's something to talk about, and it's actually literally one of the things that I'm trying to figure out. And. You know, since I'm not going to do much more politics today, let's talk about band stuff. What do you guys think? But, in even more important, band news: our very own little Miss Annie Stoic had a birthday just yesterday, I believe. So, happy birthday, Annie, wherever you are. I hope it was wonderful, and I hope you have another great year. And here's a song about maybe so much not hoping somebody has a great year, but it's your song, so it's okay. It's Jack Nacello. Unbox. So let's talk Razorblade Diaries. Not the live show, per se. But let's talk about the actual record. <clears throat> now, famously, and honestly, I'm so fuzzy and foggy that I'm not necessarily sure I can do this justice. But I'll try. Uh, pseudo-famously, in Rebel 9 Legend and Lore, there is a difference between the way the record puts the songs out, song order on the record... And the song, Order in Reality. Uh, For those of you that don't know or don't remember... (coughs) Excuse me. uh, That don't know or don't remember, um, The Razorway Diaries is a single story from start to finish. Um, And it is basically a... I I don't want to say rock opera because I'm not... Because that's not what it was. It was just a single story. uh, The course of a very, very violent uh, and... uh, kind of dramatic and drastic relationship with two incredibly strong personalities that in no way (laughs) should have been together. I mean, think about, you know, somewhere along the lines of like the storyline behind like Hancock and meets the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, I guess, if I had to kind of put it that way. They are not based on actual people and the entire relationship is a metaphor it's a metaphor for other things that were going on in my existence I've explained how San Jose uh, got named San Jose uh, it used to actually in the original version San Jose appears in the song more than once it's only in the final it's only in the final version of the song one time uh, as kind of like an after chorus and uh, whew, yeah sorry <laughs> sorry bad sorry bad guys I am running out of air that's Hello, Bob. It's the Dave Show. So, San Jose was actually titled that because as I was working on the song, uh, my drummer at the time, Mike, was on the phone with his cousin. His cousin, who actually at the time was a huge G Davy fan, we were still in G Davy, but his cousin, actually, I think it was his cousin in law, I think it was Angie's cousin, lived in San Diego. We were sitting in our studio in Deer Park in February freezing to death. We had like a little, you know, a little portable gas heater and stuff like that. And basically, we would generate enough heat in rehearsal that would kind of warm the warm the room up. But when we would start, everything would be really, really cold, right? It just is. Like, people know what it's like, right? February, Long Island. Like, do I need to explain that? Or does everybody get that? All right, yeah. February, Long Island. In an unheated building. Um, and so I was writing this song, uh, and I had the music for it, and I was just dabbling along with some, uh, some melody lines. And so he was in San Diego, and he was basically, we were telling him we were just basically freezing to death. And he was like, You guys should come to San Diego. Now, if you look at a map in the United States, like pretty much from where we were in the middle of Long Island to San Diego is literally as far as you could go <laughs> in the continental United States. I mean, I'm sure. Maybe some of, you know, Bangor, Maine might have been a little bit further, but like for all intents and purposes, San Diego in February seemed like an amazingly good idea, but it also seems super, super far away, not only, um, not only geographically, because obviously it is, but mentally, mentally for someone like me, that was like kind of at, at this point where I was just. You know, not sure what I was gonna do with G Davie anymore. Uh, like, my family was getting older, like, I had more responsibilities and stuff like that. Like, what was I really gonna do? Now, don't forget, this is pre Revel 9, right? So, just kind of all the things that I was going through, like, changes and, and trying to understand, like, my course, my path, um, you know, all that other stuff. And, now, to be fair, like, I'm glad I did keep writing music because I would go on to write the best music I personally would ever write. And I don't even know that that's not true in kind of some of the newer batch. I'm not sure if Do No Harm is the best record I will ever do. Uh, As a record, it is, I think, I think as a record. But it's the, I don't know if it's the best recording, uh, collection of recordings I'm ever going to do. Because I'm not done yet. And I've got some, I got some good ones, I think, coming. But anyway, at the time, there was all that. And it just seemed mentally and physically the furthest possible point from where I was. Uh, And then I looked at a map, like later on, uh, later on in the week. And what I realized is that as a, regionally touring band like we would you know it was not uncommon for me to spend most of my saturday afternoon trying to get over the george washington bridge which will basically bring you to route 80 which if you take route 80 all the way west doesn't bring you to san diego it brings you to san francisco well san francisco doesn't rhyme with anything at all but the very next in fact shared airport at san francisco is san jose and that is actually where that name comes from it's the song is about, like, how far are you willing to go to get exactly what it is that you want or to get everything that you want. And that was the point in this relationship, right? San, San Jose, the guy meets girl at, like, a rave or a club or whatever in New York City and follows her to the West Coast because she's his everything and he's her nothing. <laughs> and that is the start of the Razor Blade Diaries. That is unequivocally the start. It's the start of the, the, the Razorblade Diaries as a story. It is the start of the Razorblade Diaries as a record. And as I was just alluding to up here in the chat, uh, the problem is, is that San Jose not only was our opener for years, but it was also one of our best closers. So when somebody asks me, what are we going to do when we do the Diaries, uh, when we do the Diaries Live, are we going to do album order, or are we going to do story order, Or are we going to do something like, are we going to do the live order? Because of all the songs that we've ever written, the other best closer we have is another mistake. (laughs) Also, one of the best openers we have. So we are just sort of toying with different ways to do this that's going to make the most sense. I'm inclined to run the record... For the first time to do like a safe recording Because remember we're playing the set twice But it's not going to be the same set It's it's not going to be in the same order And we're actually going to change up at least one or two of the songs The second time through To kind of add that spice That pizzazz as it were uh, To see what we can capture live Because don't forget the main reason we're doing this Is because in my opinion The Razor Bay Diaries is a good enough record With good enough songs on it But if we could re-record it now It would be way way better and that's exactly what I'm trying to get across. So what version of the songs are we going to do? I don't know. What order are we going to do them in? I'm not entirely sure. What do you guys think? Hit me up in the chat. I'll be looking right now, and I'll be answering. In the meantime, we've got more uh, requests in. i got to admit, I'm a huge fan of the cars. In fact, just what, uh, just what I needed... Uh, was one of the very first songs we did as a band in this version of Rebel 9. It was a song we all knew uh, without having to learn it, and we actually covered it for a little while uh, as as a rehearsal song until we decided to add Master of Puppets as our official uh, cover song live. But it was fun for a long time, and I have not heard this one in way longer than that. So doesn't make it any less awesome, though. Gotta love the cars. On the box.
0: Hard Rock Lunch.
2: I will say, as I kind of, um, damn, what's the word? Bucket list, some stuff that I've always wanted to do with the bands. Not that I'm running out of time or anything. It just seems like a good time while we're not touring, right, to do, like, a lot of stuff. Um, you know, one of the things I really always wanted to do was to do some more acoustic or unplugged variations of these songs. I think the version that I did of, uh, of Keep You Near for the Bacon Is My Podcast Awards, the Bimpies, I think is one of the better things I've ever done. Um, I think including something like the original versions of what it is, I think would be good too. But uh, I will say I've been thinking it absolutely every single time I play this song that very few songs probably require an acoustic rendition more than Central Park West. do wish i could sing like that man just just for one song it's it's so funny um so i was saying before about this newer song so like we've got like we've got a batch of like nine ten new songs right that we're trolling through to see what we're gonna do with them towards the end of the year um and uh it's funny because like we had we tracked them uh light track like demo like just us us in rehearsal and because of the way the mics were set up like we didn't have any backing vocals on them now some of the songs like really require some backing vocals right like um especially the last two there's one called inside which if you came to see us at uh the village pub we did that uh, if you, it was very industrial sounding. I, it's to me, it sounds very like Seven Dust. And I actually had sent uh, the finished version with backups in it. Uh, the back backing vocals are one of the things I did just before I got sick. Um, but I did them all by myself. But it's gang vocals in this song, so I had to do them by myself. So basically, I stood back from the microphone and I was like, you know, I did that a few times, and then I like doubled it. So I had to do my own gang vocals, which came out much better than I expected, by the way. <laughs> That's still not great, but it was funny. I'd sent them to the guy and, uh, the guy. I sent them to the guys in the band and, like, it was like, oh, it's really nice to see Biohazard back in the... <laughs> Biohazard back in the mix, so I just figured I'd remind you all what Biohazard sound like and uh, what we were kind of going for with that uh, with Inside. Hard.
0: Lunch. Box.
2: listening to the hard rock lunchbox on 99 w n r r where the requests never stop and this doesn't sound like me at all but happens to all be true it's know your enemy on the box Means it's time for your weekly craving of the week, and you would be correct. It also happens to be the very last birthday request. So I feel like it is my obligation as a good host to uh, to play this song because it's a craving. It's a it's a craving strange song. It's a craving, A.K.A. request. It's also time for the weekly craving of the week with Craving Strange. So everything Hello. seems to be in order. I don't know what Craving Strange is up to. (laughs) I feel like it's been such a long time since I've talked to any of them, like about business and stuff. I do have to have a... I'm actually going to schedule a meeting with Jimmy because I feel like that's the easiest way. This has nothing to do with Jimmy. Jimmy will meet me anytime, any day whatever, whenever. I just I have not been able to just like... I need to, I need to schedule a meeting. And as dumb as that sounds, if I, if I schedule a meeting, it'll happen. I'll get it done. So that, that is going to be my new thing. I know uh, I'm having a conversation with Jimmy, and he's not even here right now. And that's cool. I have most of my conversations with him that way, but I do need to talk some business. And then I'll find some business about uh, some crazy strange stuff. Maybe i get some ideas and all that other stuff. But I do know that July 8th at uh, 89 North is going to be a big, badass show. People are coming in, as far as I'm aware, from out of state for this one, because it's a going to be a big, badass show, and we're going to do absolutely everything we can to make it absolutely fantastic, and that includes having you guys. Yay! <laughs> Without well, further ado, and no, I never bothered to learn how to spell that, here's your weekly craving of the week. It's I Run right,
1: right Away. <laughs> Ah, make, no, no, dick, I'm
2: to dig a modern-day waltz. My hat's off to the band, pulling that one off. <laughs> I just, I love that it exists. I think it's really just awesome that it exists. And I like the song, too, for sure. But I just, I, it's always stuck with me that it's like, they did a goddamn waltz. Like, seriously, they did a goddamn waltz in a rock and roll world. Like, I don't know. It doesn't take anything away from the song to me. Like it, it's like this other category. Like the song could be whatever. Like even if the song sucked, like I think that would be, <laughs> I think that would be cool. And I still remember the very first time I heard it. I was like, "Is he doing a waltz?" <laughs> like, like, I love that. Guys, if you're listening, like you should do. I think it's, I think it's shut down now. But the the, the puppet show theater where. Uh, Jackknife did their video. Like, this would be great for, like, a creepy-ass waltz video or something like that. Like, I don't know. Just a little Silence of the Lambs meets Misery or something meets, you know, Jackknife's Toledo. <laughs> just the just thought. But anyway, so I, I'm done for the day. I'm shot. I'm going to do a little bit more work, and then I'm going to take it easy. <coughs> I'm going to take it easy. I am resuming with the hurricanes this weekend so I have got to be better for that because I don't actually think I have coverage like it's either me or we forfeit because I think my assistant coach is doing something else uh, so yeah I mean it's fine like I can do it like I'll be masked up like I'm, I'm not supposed to be contagious anymore but uh, you know it's just really for me it's just the exhaustion of actually just being up and out and doing stuff is just kicking my ass like I haven't even changed out of basketball shorts in like three days like it's that bad <laughs> but all right Thank you for all your well wishes. I hope everybody enjoyed themselves today. Q, I hope you figure out your uh, parking spot situation, and uh, we'll take care of that. Donna, again, well, once again, happy birthday to you, and happy birthday to Annie Stoic, wherever she is. Uh, and we will continue on doing what we do next week. I'll have more information, I'm sure, about the Razorblade Diaries Live by next week. And uh, man, we'll just go from there. So thanks for being awesome. Thanks for being here and we'll uh, see you again next week and I feel like the only proper way to repay you is with a completely ridiculous song because that that tracks that tracks So I'll see you next week on the box
0: hard rock lunch box